Hi everyone, I'm so excited that you're here today listening to this episode. Today we're talking about the gospel and numbers. We're looking at the Old Testament law and all of the rules that were in place if you are unclean. We're looking at what it means to be unclean and how Jesus came to save us and to make us clean, to wash us new again. So we'll be looking at how Numbers foreshadows Jesus' coming and how we may be washed by the blood of Jesus by believing in him and putting our faith and trust in what he did on the cross and that it has the power to save us and to wash us and to make us clean. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, let's jump in to today's episode. So when reading the Old Testament law, we see that the words clean and unclean are very commonly used. Today, we're going to be looking at an instance when God is talking about what happens if you are unclean, and we'll talk about how it points to Jesus on the cross. So Numbers 5 verses 1 through 3 says, The Lord instructed Moses, command the Israelites to send away anyone from the camp who is afflicted with a skin disease. Anyone who is discharged or anyone who is defiled because of a corpse, send both away, male or female, send them outside the camp so that they will not defile their camps where I dwell among them. So we see that if you are afflicted with anything, if you are made unclean or if you are defiled by anything, you must live outside the camp because you can't defile your camp. So this is very serious. Um, this is what happens if you are unclean. And we see it again, but in terms of a vow. We see it in number six, six through nine, it says, He must not go near a dead body during the time he consecrates himself to the Lord. He is not to defile himself for his father or mother or his brother or sister when they die, while the mark of consecration to his God is on his head. He is holy to the Lord during the time of consecration. If anyone suddenly dies near him, defiling his consecrated head, he must shave his head on the day of his purification. He is to shave it on the seventh day. On the eighth day, he is to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement on behalf of the Nazarite, since he incurred guilt because of the corpse. On that day, he is to consecrate his head again. He is to rededicate his time of consecration to the Lord and to bring a year-old lamb as a guilt offering. But do not count the initial period of consecration because it became defiled. So you see, this is very serious. Again, there are all of these rules if you become unclean because of a dead body. So if you take a vow, but you go near a dead body, then even if it's unintentional, even if it's a family, or even if someone suddenly dies near you and it's unintentional, you had no clue this was going to happen, there is a long process of becoming clean again. There is this whole purification process that you have to go through, and when you're done going through it, you are made clean, but your initial period of consecration has to start over. It's serious. And if we continue... Um, to chapter 31 verses 19 through 20, we see what happens if Israel goes to battle. 
how they are made unclean after that. So it reads, you are to remain outside the camp for seven days. All of you and your prisoners who have killed a person or touched the dead are to purify yourselves on the third day and the seventh day. Also purify everything, garments, leather goods, things made of goat hair, and every article of wood. So when Israel went to battle, even if the Lord told them to go to battle, they still had to go through a purification process because they were going to be near dead bodies. This is such a big deal to be pure and clean because you are near a place where God dwells. So this is so serious. We see this theme of being clean and being unclean in the Old Testament and how serious it is to be go through this purification process to become clean again before you can go back to living a normal life. We see this same theme in Psalm Psalms, we see it in 24 verses 3 through 4. It says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false, who has not sworn deceitfully. So we still see this theme of how important it is for someone to have clean hands to be pure. This is where it changes. In Numbers 9 verses 6 through 12, it says, But there were some men who were unclean because of a human corpse. So they could not observe the Passover on that day. These men came before Moses and Aaron the same day and said to him, We are unclean because of a human corpse. Why should we be excluded from presenting the Lord's offering at its appointed time with the other Israelites? Moses replied to them, Wait here until I hear what the Lord commands for you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, When any one of you or your descendants is unclean because of a corpse, or is on a distant journey, he may still observe the Passover to the Lord. Such people are to observe it in the second month, on the fourteenth day at twilight. They are to eat the animal with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They may not leave any of it until morning or break any of its bones. They must observe the Passover according to all its statutes. So this whole time, we've just been talking about how serious it is if you become unclean. There are special rules of things you have to do if you become unclean and things you can't do if you become unclean. But here we read that you are to observe the Passover even if you are unclean. That God is specifically commanding that if you are unclean, that you can still observe the Passover. And this is crazy. In fact, it even says at the very end, they must observe the Passover according to all its statutes. So if you are unclean, you can't do anything that the normal Israelite can do, except we read here that you can still observe the Passover. And if we continue to verse 14, it says, If an alien resides with you and wants to observe the Passover to the Lord, he is to do it according to the Passover statue and its ordinances. You are to apply the same statute to both the resident alien and the native of the land. So even if you're not an Israelite, you can still observe the Passover. The Passover was a practice that was not just limited to the Israelites, but even the foreigners who were residing with the Israelites were able to observe the Passover. So we have just read how important it is 
to go through a purification process if you are unclean. And we've read about how long this process takes and how serious it is. However, if you are clean or unclean, if you're an Israelite or a foreigner, you can all observe the Passover. And this is so important to understand since the Passover is a picture of what was to come. It's a picture of Jesus. Now, if you're interested in going more in depth, then listen to the episode that I posted about the Passover. But essentially, the Passover is when God was delivering the Israelites from the Egyptians, from slavery. God sent plagues. The last plague was that every firstborn male would die unless the family smeared the blood of a lamb, a lamb that was without blemish, on the doorposts. Then God would spare the people who had that blood smeared on their door of hosts and their firstborn son would not die. God would spare Israel's sons because that lamb took their place, that blood of the lamb. In the gospels, we read how Jesus is the spotless lamb that took our place, that his blood is what has saved us from death. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, clean out the old leaven, so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as indeed you are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So this is specifically pointing out that Jesus was that Passover lamb that was sacrificed. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. So this verse is specifically pointing out that Jesus, that it was his blood, the precious blood that redeemed us. It was the blood of an unblemished and spotless lamb, which is what was in the Passover. The Passover was that in order for Israel to be saved, for the firstborn sons of Israel were to be saved, it had to be a lamb that was without blemish. And it was that lamb's blood that spared them. And with Jesus, as he was died and was resurrected during the Passover, it was while they were observing the Passover, he was this unblemished and spotless lamb that died in place of us. And it's his blood that, was, that spared us so that we don't have to experience death and that we can experience life in him. So now that we've talked about the Passover, that's a picture of Jesus's death on the cross. Think back on those verses that we talked about at the beginning, that it's such a big deal if you are unclean. All of these rules, all of these things that you have to do because you can't dwell among everyone else if you are unclean. You can't be where God dwells if you are unclean. However, if you are unclean, God still says that you can observe the Passover. Even if you're a foreigner, you can still observe the Passover. This is a picture of the gospel that no matter if you are unclean, or clean, no matter if you're a sinner, no matter if you're a Jew, a Jew or a Gentile, you may still observe the Passover. 
and you can still participate in Jesus's death and resurrection. So in the Old Testament, in Numbers, if you were unclean, you could still observe the Passover. And us being unclean today, we can still observe the Passover and participate in Jesus' death and resurrection. And check this out. Look at what happens when you have been unclean, when you've been broken by sin. Look at what happens because of Jesus. In Titus 3, 4 through 5, it says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the washing and regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. I love the choice of words here because we've been talking about being unclean. And it says that the Holy Spirit washed us and made us clean again. And I think this is so cool because during the Passover, it was by the Israel's doing. They were the ones that would go out and find this lamb that was unblemished. They were the ones that were to smear the blood of this lamb on their doorposts. But with Jesus, it wasn't by our doing. God sent his son for us so that his blood could cover us and could spare us. And in this verse, it talks about that it's not by the works of righteousness, but it's according to mercy. So it's not our own doing, our own works, us going out and doing this thing so that we can be spared, but God did it on his own because of grace and mercy. 1 John 1 through 7 says, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. So wrapping up, I just want to touch on just a summary of what we talked about. It's that Jesus's death and resurrection was for everyone. It was for the clean, for the unclean, for the Jew and the Gentile, for the sinner. It was for everybody. That we can be cleansed from that uncleanness. That we are cleansed by it. We are cleansed because of Jesus' death and resurrection, that the Holy Spirit washes us, renews us, that Jesus' blood cleanses us from that sin. And how cool is it that we can see the gospel, we can see this message in numbers as it's starting to play out and as it's leading to Jesus coming and saving the world from the unclean, saving the world from being unclean, from sin. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. To stay updated, follow at If Nothing Else podcast on Instagram. Feel free to message me through my Instagram if you want to talk or have any prayer requests. Don't forget to spend time in God's presence today, and I am praying for all of you. Bye, guys.